If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter number 22. Luke chapter number 22. And I was thinking about the Lord's Supper tonight. And as I was thinking about the Lord's Supper, I, I'm reminded of the passage. He says that this do in remembrance of me. And as I was thinking about that, I, I started going back and just reading over uh, really the crucifixion of the Lord. You know, in Christmas time, uh, we read Luke chapter 2 and we read Matthew chapter 1 and we read the announcements of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's also good for us to be reminded, and that's why we do the Lord's Supper, to have a remembrance uh, of the Lord's suffering and sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, and then he died and rose again from the dead. And usually around Easter time it is, I, I like to go back and I just reread those passages. Like in, like in December, we'll read the birth of Christ, and in uh, Easter, I'll read the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as I was reading over this, uh, I have just a, a short, just really a thought that I want us to have tonight. But as we read through this, Luke chapter number 22, go with me to verse number 31. Um, Jesus has just uh, partaken of the Lord's Supper with his, uh, with his disciples there. And, uh, and he's just about to be betrayed and to go into the Garden of Gethsemane. And, uh, and as we look there, the Bible says... And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. And let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Father, we thank you for uh, the great sacrifice that you made on Calvary. God, giving of yourself and shedding of your blood on the cross of Calvary. God, we certainly are grateful eternally grateful for the salvation that, uh, that you offer unto all of mankind. And Father, thank you that, that, uh, that you saved us. And Father, we certainly are grateful for that. And God, as we look at this passage tonight, God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you would convey the thought uh, that's on my heart and mind. And, and God, that we would uh, be encouraged. We'd be blessed by your word, Father. And we'll certainly thank you for that. And God, I ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, I, I was reading through it. I really wanted to, to hit other parts, and, and I came back to this verse. And, uh, and as I read it, there's just two thoughts that I have that I want us to get out of this verse. Verse number 31, the Bible says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat." As I read that, I thought Jesus is taking a, a moment to give a very stark and a very real reminder to Peter that, hey, we have an adversary. 
Sometimes uh, we, can get, we can kind of just go through life and forget that we have an adversary, an enemy that would desire to destroy us. And as I started thinking about the, the enemy and thinking about the devil and Satan, uh, as he's called here in verse number 31, uh, I was reminded of the verse in John 8, 44, as Jesus is talking with the Pharisees and he tells them this, year of your father the devil, and the lust of your father will ye do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. And we ought to be really careful. We ought to understand that, listen, our adversary is an absolute liar. And he will do anything that he can to trip us up and cause us to fall and not walk as we ought to walk. Just as Jesus is warning Peter, hey, we need to be reminded that we have an adversary. I've um, growing up, I, I've run into some people uh, that were that were very good liars. They were they were really good. And uh, matter of fact, they would say some things and, and, and you'd be like, wow, I mean, it really sounded good. And listen, where, where does that all come from? Listen, the devil is the father of lies. And he started it right in the beginning. And listen, he knows how to take and, and misapply Scripture, even to make it sound really good. Uh, even in the Garden of Eden, if you remember that, uh, way back in the Garden of Eden, what was that thing that he did? He started questioning the Word of God to Eve. He said, yea, hath God said? And then, he, and then he turned around and he twisted Scripture to mean something that he didn't. And he still even used Scripture. Even in the temptation of Jesus Christ, the devil come at Jesus Christ. And he gave him Scripture to tempt him, but it wasn't, it wasn't appropriately applied. And, uh, and so we find that, hey, he is a liar and we need to be reminded that, hey, when, the, uh, when temptation comes along, many times it looks really good, but it's a lie. And we need to be careful of that because the devil is an expert liar. He's been practicing for thousands of years. And he knows how to make things sound good. And he knows what it is that will, uh, that will, uh, that will, will get your ear and, and make you interested. When we were in Israel, we were walking down the road and, and uh, there was a salesman. And, uh, and he hollered out and he, in his broken English. He said, I take your money fast. I thought, man, that guy needs to work on his sales pitch. Because there ain't not a single person running over to his booth. I take your money fast. Listen, the devil, he's not going to come out and say, hey, I'm the devil, you know, I'm here to destroy you. No, he's going to show up uh, in this very smooth, he is one of the best con men, one of the best liars uh, that will make everything sound really good. Uh, but we have got to be careful because there is a devil, there is an adversary, and he is a liar. And just as... Um, Jesus was warning Simon Peter, he's saying, hey, listen, the devil desires uh, that he can have you, that he may sift you as wheat. And listen, he'll feed you whatever you want to hear to get you to swallow his lies and, and fall off from church and fall off from following God and fall off from living the Christian life. We have an adversary. 
He's a liar. Not only is he a liar, but I thought of this as well. First Peter 5, 8 uh, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Not only does he desire to lie and to, uh, to, to deceive and to confuse Christians, but his end goal is ultimately to devour and destroy Christianity. We've got to be aware of that. I remember when I was, I was taking my, I think I've mentioned this before, but I was taking my uh, handgun training to get my carry concealed license, and I, I actually went through the class twice, but uh, uh, I didn't fail, okay? If you're wondering if I failed, no, as time lapsed, and I had been out of country, and so when I came back, I had to take it again. But nonetheless, uh, one of those times I took it, uh, I was sitting in a class, and, and he said, I'm going to show you a video, and, I, and, and a guy is going to get shot, and he's going to die. He's like, but I want you to see the video because I believe it's important. Important. He said one of the biggest problems with people who, uh, who, who uh, perhaps want to get their carry concealed or anything of that nature, he says is this, he said the criminal is far more intent about doing harm to you than you as a good person are about doing harm to them. And he said, so what happened in this video? And he said, I'm going to tell you what happened. Uh, a guy comes in and, and he's going to do harm or something. And so a guy that is a good citizen that's armed with a gun pulls his gun. What happens is the criminal takes that gun from him, turns around and shoots the guy who had the gun and then leaves. And he said, the reason that I want you to see this is because you need to understand that there is real evil with intention to harm people that exist out there. Sometimes in our life as Christians, we tend to go through our life and think, well, you know, it'll be okay. And we don't. We tend to write off and dismiss the world and dismiss the devil and dismiss all the things that are evil and think, well, it's out there. But I've read the back of the book and I know that we will. Win. Listen, we have got to be ever so careful lest we slide into a, uh, an apostasy and we fall away from God because we don't understand and don't realize that the devil is more serious and more intent on harming and destroying Christians than we are about being offensive for the gospel, about, about reaching people with the gospel. And there's a reason that, that, uh, that in America, uh, by and large, that wickedness is prevailing and that Christianity, can I say it this way, is shrinking and dominion. That's not the right word. Uh, it's Spanish, diminutive. It's getting smaller. Um, diminishing, that's the word in English. I knew it was close. It's diminishing. Because we, we don't, we, are, we tend to think, well, it's just... We're not as serious about it as the devil is serious about destroying us. And listen, Jesus warned Peter. He said, hey, Simon Peter, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. We have an adversary. We ought to take warning. We ought to be very much aware, very much alert, very much concerned that we have an adversary. But I love this because in verse 32 is a bright spot in Scripture. Jesus said in verse 32, but I have prayed for thee. Praise the Lord, it's not all doom and gloom. 
Not only do we have an adversary, and we do, and we need to understand that, and we need to recognize that, but praise God, we have an advocate in Jesus Christ. An advocate is a person who publicly supports or recommends uh, a particular cause or a person. It's an advocate. Listen, he said here in verse 32, but I have prayed for thee. Man, what a blessing. You think about that for a moment, that, that Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the, the one who created everything that is, had told Simon Peter, I have prayed for thee. Boy, we have an advocate. Listen, he, he, why was he praying for Peter? Because Peter was important? Uh, because Peter was this or that? He was praying for Peter because he cared about Peter. And the truth of the matter is, he is an advocate for every single Christian and every person uh, that, that will be saved. Uh, he doesn't just say, well, I'm just going to advocate for Peter or I'm just going to advocate for uh, the Apostle John or Paul or, or these. He advocates for every single person that, does, that, that would be saved and be born again, and he will advocate for you. Boy, that's an encouraging thought. When you realize the scope of the enemy, when you realize the, the power of the enemy, when you realize that, hey, we are up against an adversary that does seek to destroy us. Hey, listen, to know and understand that we have an advocate through Jesus Christ. What a blessing that he utters these words, but I have prayed for thee. That's a blessing. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. Save your spot here as uh, we may be back here. But Romans chapter number 8, verse 33. And I want you to see these verses in Scripture. Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. We've covered these verses before, but I want to look at them. The Bible says here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also, who also maketh intercession for us. Praise the Lord. That listen, it is Jesus Christ Himself, the one that shed His own precious blood on the cross of Calvary, the one that rose again from the dead, that, that hey, the devil as a liar and as a deceiver will approach the throne of God and say, hey, uh, he, the Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren, and, and say, hey, have you seen this guy and seen what he does? And Jesus says, hey, it's under the blood. I've got it covered. I'm advocating for him, and I'm taking care of him. And, and the Bible says that he makes intercession for us in that he would intervene and he would, he would be there for our cause and to represent, and, and that he would pray for us. And listen, in his death and in his resurrection and in the shed blood of the cross of Calvary, he advocated for us because he cares and he loves us and he wants us to live for him. Hey, listen, he advocates us in his death. He advocates us in his presence. Hebrews 13, 5, we know the verse. says in the latter part of that verse, it says, I will never leave thee 
nor forsake thee. Listen, that's a blessing to know. We go, we go with God. And he goes with us. And praise the Lord that he is with us and that he is making intercession for us, and that he desires uh, that, that we would live for him, and that we would live right, and that, uh, that we'd walk with him. And we have an advocate in his death and resurrection. We have an advocate in his prayers. We have an advocate in his presence. And listen, uh, we have an advocate even in the Holy Spirit. We're right there in Romans. Look what it says in verse number 26. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Have you ever not known what to pray? And I've been there more times than I can count. I'm like, Lord, I don't even know how to pray to ask for this. I don't know if I should ask for it to be done or not be done. I don't know if I should ask for this to be resolved or not be resolved. And, and, and God, I honestly don't even know uh, the, right, uh, the right way of, of which way this thing should go. So God, I'm just going to leave it in your hands. And I'm asking that you would move and that you would work. And he's saying, hey, listen, when you don't know how to pray for something, when you don't have the words to express, when you can't really utter the phrases, hey, listen, that the Holy Spirit that is inside of us will make intercession for us. We have an advocate with the Father. Thank God that we have an advocate. We have an adversary. He's real. It's true. But praise the Lord, we have an advocate that goes with us. I've used this illustration before. I remember when I was a in Bible college, you go down straight preaching, and uh, we'd go downtown to Canton, and uh, we did we didn't really go to nice areas, and and uh, I, I I was I was sheltered growing up. I lived in the woods, and uh, we lived on a dead end street with a lake, and 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 I mean I you know I played in the woods, and that, that's really all I knew, and and uh, and so when I came to Bible college, and and they said, hey, do you want to go street preaching? And I said, man, I, my street, I'm picturing we. You're going to go preach to the trees. I mean, I, I didn't know what that was. And I said, well, well, yeah, I'll go. And I was timid. I, I didn't know what I was in for. And, and, and so this, this guy, uh, William Lefevre, big guy, and, and he said, well, I'll, I'll take you and I'll, I'll show you how to do it. And I said, okay. And, uh, and I tell you what, I was, I, was, I was thin and I was little and I was, you know, not big framed. And, and, and we went down there uh, to downtown Canton. And to me, man, it might as well have been downtown Chicago or downtown D.C. I mean, that, that's what it was to me. And... Uh, and we're down there, and, and here's, here's William, and I'm, man, I'm just like, I'm just sticking close to William. Because I'm like, man, I don't know, William was from Detroit, and he knew a whole lot more about cities than I did. And so I just kind of hung close to him, and, and, and you know what, whenever I was with William, man, I felt great. The guy was big, he was taller than me, he was stockier than me, and he knew a lot about the city. I thought, man, I'm sticking with this guy. 
And I didn't preach, I just, I just stuck by William, you know, and, and I, I didn't let William get out of my sight because, man, uh, I didn't dare venture off on my own or go anywhere. I thought, man, I'll get killed down here or something. I don't know what'll happen to me. And, and so I just stuck with William. Hey, listen, when you go through life, Jesus Christ is far bigger and knows far more than any person that you could ever wish to have as a bodyguard or an advocate or a helper in any situation in this world we have an advocate in Jesus Christ and he's he's there and he'll help us he'll pray for us he'll intercede for us and and listen he loves us and he wants us to follow him I read that I was reading through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ I read that that just kind of stuck out to me Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Boy, what a blessing. God knows, and I'm not saying he excuses our sin, but he does understand we're fragile beings. We, we, we struggle with things. And I'm grateful that God would say, hey, I'm going to advocate, I'm going to intercede, I'm going to pray that your faith would fail not, that you'd continue, that you'd serve the Lord. What a blessing to know that we have God on our side. Oh, there's an enemy, there's an adversary, but there's an advocate. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we think about the fact that Jesus Christ went to the cross, why did he do that? He did that because he loves you and I. And I look at that and I say, just by virtue of the fact that he went to the cross of Calvary for us, I say, thank God that he loved me that much, that he would go to the cross of Calvary and pay for my sins. I'm grateful for that sacrifice. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. And God, as we're thinking about the Lord's Supper, God, we're so grateful. God, the fact that you would not only pray for us, but that you would come to this world and give your life as a sacrifice for ours. That you would shed your precious blood on the cross of Calvary and die and give up your life and be raised again, God, so that we could be saved. What a great sacrifice. What great love. What great compassion. You showed us on the cross of Calvary that you demonstrated, that you commended towards us. God, I pray that as we think about Calvary, we think about the cross, God, that we'd be grateful for what you have done for us. And God, we know that as we prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper, God, that you said, let a man examine himself. So God, I pray that we would take this time and take this moment to examine ourselves. And Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts and move as only you can. We'll thank you for that. 
In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we stand to our feet, we'll have a hymn of invitation. You can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Maybe you want to take this time. Just ask the Lord. Is there anything that's between me and you that I need to deal with? The Bible says, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. That's what the Bible says. Take this moment to examine yourself. Say, God... I want to be clean. God, I want to be right.